Leadership Show with Andy Peck. It's good to have your company once again for a show that aims to help you lead in ways that further God's purposes. You'll be familiar with the idea of the sacred secular divide. This is the idea that God is concerned with the sacred parts of our lives, times in church, in prayer, reading a Bible, sharing our faith. And this is contrasted over against the secular life, which is pretty much everything else, typically work in a non-believing environment and our leisure interests. God is concerned and involved with the sacred, but not the secular, as so it says. But thankfully, plenty of people have challenged this unbiblical divide, not least, of course, because any church leader that perceives a divide will depend for the church finances on members who earn money in the so-called secular world. And so when it comes to leadership, management and business, you want to see all these elements as part of God's purposes, part of the all things that we submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Well, this week I'm joined on the leadership show by someone who has experienced both the church and the business worlds. His name is Ivan Philby. He taught business for 16 years at Trinity College Dublin before moving to the USA to chair the business department at Greenville University, Illinois. He also served as Dean of Business at Point Loma Nazarene University in San Diego, California, before returning to Greenville to serve seven years as president of Greenville University. He holds a PhD in management from Aston University, an MA in evangelism studies from Cliff College, and is a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts. And today he's back in Northern Ireland, serving as a pastor of Tower View Church in Bangor, alongside his wife, Kathy, and has just completed a book, Livestream, Learning How to Minister in the Power of the Holy Spirit. He also serves as the key relationship manager at Premier Radio. So I'm looking forward to exploring business and leadership and the work of the Holy Spirit in our conversation. Well, welcome, Ivan. Lovely to have you with us. Hey, it's just great to be with you, Andy. Looking forward to this conversation. Fabulous. Well, I I began my introduction with the sacred-secular divide, uh, and it is a myth, but do you think it's still prevalent? Well, I think it's prevalent in people's minds, because I think it's the way many people have been brought up. And so I think many people have been brought up with this, with the idea that certain types of callings are more godly than others. So I remember preaching in a church in Dublin, Ireland, in this would have been the 1990s. And it was my church. I mean, I was part of the leadership team. I remember the senior pastor standing up and said, this is Ivan Philby. He's speaking this morning. And when Ivan doesn't serve God, he is working at the local university. And I thought, I didn't know I wasn't serving God when I was meeting (laughs) with students and talking with students and lecturing and giving tutorials. I thought I was serving God there. Little did I know. And so I do think there is a myth that certain types of calling are more holy than others. So typically at the top of the list will be areas such as, well, a pastor or a missionary or a bishop or a school teacher or a doctor or a nurse, things that we can easily see with missionary endeavors. And yet clearly when we look at scripture, just so many of the people that don't fall into that category, they're, they're ordinary people. I mean, the first people we see talked about who are filled with the Holy Spirit are masons and people who are building the temple. And these are the first people we see filled with the Spirit. Uh, in scripture. And so I just don't see that divide. Uh, I think it's unhelpful. I think it's un, 
people go, and I don't think it resonates with the way that we've been made as human beings. I, mean, I think it just doesn't even understand how we've been made. And, you know, I remember, if I can just extend this uh, comment, I remember when I was dean of a business school in San Diego, and San Diego, oh my goodness, it's a beautiful city. Uh, my office looked over the Pacific Ocean, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, and uh, I was a dean of a business school, and people knew that I love Jesus. And so one of the, the, the major business publication of San Diego in the southern part of California wanted to do a, a headline story about me, like Dean of Business School Loves Jesus. I mean, shock, horror, how could this be? Because yeah. you expect money on, to be on one side and faith to be on the other. And it was such a wonderful article. They treated it very sensitively. And so many people contacted me and they said this was such almost like a release to them to realize they felt called into business. They felt called to do the Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday work. And this released them to become all that God wanted them to be. And when you start to remove that sacred secular divide, I think exciting things are really possible. And we can explore that further in terms of the character of God, but I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll move on to your questions and I can loop it in later on. Well, thank you. No, I've, that's really, really fabulous. I mean, I, 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 I noted uh, Deuteronomy 8.18, for example, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And I guess that's those kind of verses have been an inspiration to you as someone who teaches on business, that actually this is all part of the all things that God's given. It is. And, I, you know, I've seen at work. So when I was president of a university, a major part of my life was fundraising, raising money for student scholarships or new buildings and so forth. And a friend in California connected me with a guy called Bob. Uh, Bob was in the Midwest where I was and said, hey, Bob, he just gives money away left, right, and center contacting. So I called him up and eventually got through to him. And Bob told me his story. He said, Ivan, I was the top salesperson for, so it was like Home Depot. So that that's like home base in the UK. I mean, a huge retail outlet. He was making $100,000 a year, and he just wanted to start his own business. And so he started his own business. And it was just terrible, Andy. He went from several hundred thousand dollars a year to $11,000 a year. Mm. And he thought he's going to lose his car. He thought he was going to lose his house. He was not hardly eating. And so he said, he started to have, in his terms, he said, stellar quiet times. He would sit down and just out of desperation, read scripture for an hour, pray for 50 minutes, and then just try and listen if God gave him some ideas. And he said, after a while, he started to get these just thoughts come into his mind and he started to implement them and his business started to grow and he built it up and built it up and built it up and then sold it for a hundred million dollars. Oh. And <laughs> then God said, Hey, I want you to give half of that away. And so we built a five year plan to give it away. Now, unfortunately I called him in year four and he was really good at giving it away and he had given the lot away by then. <laughs> okay. But he, he, again, he, then, then he just goes to God again and goes, just give me your next idea. And so there is, you know, when scripture talks about we're being created in the image of God, in, in the Genesis, Genesis account, where, where it says we're going to make man in our own image, it's, it's after this whole account of God doing two things. It's, it's bringing order to the world and filling the world. He's separating day from light and he's filling it with teeming fish and birds. And he said, 
people, I'm going to make you like that to, to bring order and to fill, to create, to do new things. And that's what we're called to be. And he, the spirit just helps us to do those things. It's exciting. So Ivan, you've, you've taught on business. Um, and obviously at one level, I'm sure a non-Christian and a Christian teaching certain principles wouldn't be a great deal of difference. You know, supply and demand and all the rest of it are going to be the yeah, same. Yeah. But but do you feel like you brought anything particular, any kind of edge to your teaching that um, might have made you stand out compared to some? Yeah, so I, I think there are distinctive things that the Christian message brings. And so certainly being a Christian doesn't necessarily make you a better business person. So there's, you know, I think God does give us the ability to make wealth but he also gives us the ability to be generous in our giving. I think the distinctive thing that we learn from Jesus is the way he treats all people with dignity. And I think that is the difference that a Christian business person can really make. So, so many of the world systems, the different models of, of organization or business, so often treat people as just resources, as something to use in order to, create something that you can sell or to trade with. And that's never how Jesus treated people from the, from the people who had nothing to offer, like it seemed like the lepers to the centurion who was the, from the oppressing army to the, the widow. He, he treated them all with the dignity because that's the way that his father had made them. Every person with this sense of, of dignity. And I think that's quite extraordinary. And so one of the ways I'd always try and teach my students is to recognize the person that you're looking at. They're just not, uh, you're never going to meet an ordinary person. There there is no such thing. The person that you're looking at, whatever is going on in their life has been called by God, whether they know that yet or not. They've been breathed on by God, whether they know that yet or not. And the same for all of us. We are all living a substandard life compared to what is possible if we enter into closer relationships with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so I just encourage my students to look beyond what is immediately in front of them and try and see that the person you are dealing with or the groups of people you're dealing with, they touch eternity on the other side. And so we need to be gentle. We need to have good structures. And we need to empower people to become more than they typically are at the moment and i think that's that's one of the contributions we can make ivan uh, when it comes to to business and finance um i mean typically many uh business people um are a little bit sad that the church just sees them as a kind of uh, repository of money just you know that giving of money seems to be the only thing that matters and and not their their leadership and management of their firm or whatever and, and i've heard you know, business people decry that kind of outlook. Uh, but that said, the Christian entrepreneurship seems to be, particularly in the last decade or so, something that has become a bit more popular, particularly those maybe who are looking to build finance, either to fund their own ministry, kind of like a tent-making uh, yeah, yeah. approach, or uh, in order to to further God's purposes in some particular project. Um, any any comments on that, Ivan? Yeah, so I, I think that I think that's, Absolutely true. We are we are seeing, uh, I think, a, a pressing into what might be possible entrepreneurially. That comes from different streams. One is the whole business's mission stream, where typically a lot of people who are trying to tell people 
about Jesus in what we call closed access countries. These are countries that it's just not easy to get into as a missionary. If you go as a missionary, you're just not going to get a visa. They don't want they don't want missionaries, but they do want business. They want people who can help to teach skills and create skill uh, create skills in um, among the local population. And so there's quite a number of countries where really their churches are inside factories. And I'm not going to name the countries for security issues, but it's just exciting to see. You see churches inside factories. And then the, the amazing thing is when you see God do amazing things through ordinary business people. I mean, I, I was talking recently to a, a guy who's just come back from uh, a, a country in the kind of the broad Middle Eastern area. And he was on a government contract. He was an engineer. He went over. He was not looking to cause any ruckus. He went over. He met just privately with three other families. And then the Holy Spirit just started to give his co-workers dreams. I mean, the Holy Spirit just wouldn't stop. One guy, he was saying, he just had a dream of, he said, he came to my, my friend and he said, I keep getting this dream every night. I'm standing in water up to my waist and I'm being tipped back into water. And I feel these hands pulling me out and I feel then this incredible peace come in. What is that? And he said, that's Christian baptism. Mm. It's Christian. And so he started this eight year period as a government contractor with three families and he left in a network of 900 people who'd come to faith not because of him the holy spirit just kept people giving people dreams i mean it's just crazy but this is the god we deal with if we surrender to him so much more as possible than we could we could ask or imagine that just sounds kind of scriptural to me absolutely i mean um I'm, i mean uh, i wanted to talk to you about the book that you know is now your latest book, um, a live stream, and in terms of learning how to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit, um, and obviously at one level, I'm sure we need to buy the book to to to, to get all the teaching. But some things, uh, I mean, many some of our listeners are will be church leaders, and perhaps a little nervous about this area of of Christian ministry, um, particularly perhaps if they're in a more conservative style of church. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing in the book and what sort of perspective are you coming from? The reason I wrote the book is because when I would be doing teaching or seminar with churches or retreats around the world, people just came to me and said, this is just really disarming and it's helpful. And I didn't realize it, but I've been hearing the Holy Spirit all along and I've been filtering out the way he communicates. We just thought, oh, it's just a thought that came to my mind and and not doing anything with it. So I found one, the Lord speaks to us in different ways and each of us has to figure out how he communicates. But often it might be, you know, a very easy way. I think most Christians have it is we're praying and we're praying about something and the thought of someone who we've not seen for five years pops into our mind and we're going, oh, get out of that thought. We don't want that thought in our mind. And yet I found often that's an invitation from the Holy Spirit saying, I need you to pray for great aunt Maud. Would you, would, you, would you stop what you're doing? Um, join me in prayer. We need to pray for Aunt Maud now. Come on, come on. And we're going, no, no, get out. We want, I want to do my thing. And God's saying, no, come and, come and listen to what I want to do. And I found as we lean into these, then we start to see more and more of the Holy Spirit at work. So, you know, in, in, my, you know, in my life, we've just seen multiple, multiple people healed. 
and multiple people not healed. So I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a healer. I'm not anything like that. I'm just trying to keep pressing into the Holy Spirit. We've just seen God just do great prophetic things in, in the life. And, you know, when, when I give prophetic words, you probably wouldn't even know. I try and do it in the most low key way. So I'm confident that God has spoken and I'm going to talk to you in a way that you just think I'm just talking to you. And the thing is, if, if this is what God wants to do, he's going to bless that and he's going to work through that. And it's not going to be offensive to you. It's not going to belittle you. It's not going to make anyone feel a second class citizen, but it's going to empower and help people to keep coming closer to Jesus. That's, that's what really the ministry of the Holy Spirit does, whether it's through healing or through uh, our prayer ministry or prophetic or sometimes miracles, whatever is going on, the invitation is always come close. There's, there's so much more. Just keep keep coming close. Keep coming close. And so the book is a short book. It's uh, at 160, 170 pages. It's divided into six chapters with some questions at the end. And it's really been designed for small group study or book studies. And so a huge book study in the United States has just done it with hundreds of people all going through it at the same time. And then on there's a there was a Facebook chat uh, built up where then people are reading each chapter, commenting on the thing and then saying, oh, this is what the Holy Spirit's been doing in my life. And I want to share this because this is really exciting. So the book is the book is just accessible. I wrote it even though I'm an academic, I wrote it so that anyone over 12 can read it. So I've taken all the big fancy words out. I've written it in a way that I think is fun to read. It's disarming. There's just some great stories in there. And I think some just really helpful teaching. And that's what I do when I go to churches. I just try and help them in very gentle ways, become more open to the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's just fun because people discover they've been doing it all along, but they haven't had they haven't lent into it. And so it's just fun. It's liberating. So it sounds to me like um, perhaps more people are experiencing and working with the Holy Spirit than perhaps we might think, and particularly those who wouldn't say they're in a, quote, charismatic star church, but actually the Holy Spirit doesn't bother what label it is. He's still at work. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's absolutely true. Now, clearly there is something about you know, we, I mean, Scripture keeps saying, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's a, this continuous being filled with the Holy Spirit. But God wants to work and will work with anyone who is open to him. And that's just what, that's just the excitement. I mean, that's, you know, that's why I love teaching when you see someone in a business classroom suddenly get an idea and that shapes and changes their life. The same as when we teach on intimacy with the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about, you know, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the friendship, you know, knowing the Holy Spirit, knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. As we get to know his personhood, we start to see how he invites us to all sorts of things. And Andy, that, that just excites me. And it's ex- I think it's exciting for, for leaders. It's exciting for business people. And it's exciting for, you know, everyone in our churches. And mine's not the only, but there's other there's many, many great books around, but mine's the funniest. <laughs> okay, Ivan, thank you. Um, just to say, uh, in my introduction, I, I talked about some of your movements, uh, you know, from Trinity College, Dublin, uh, across to Greenville, Illinois, uh, and then off to San Diego. And I understand some of that was, well, all of it, of, of course, is under God, but you, you sense the Lord moving 
that. And it'd be just yeah. interesting to hear your story and 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 what what happened in you to make it clear that this was the next move. Yeah, very much. I mean, every one of my major moves has been really prompted by the Holy Spirit. So when I moved from England to the University of Dublin, Trinity College, I had gone for an interview and I'd come second. And I'd gone to a church meeting that night and just to see a church in Dublin. And a guy came up to me I'd never met. And he said, this is what's going to happen. The person who was offered the job is going to turn it down and the university are going to chase you all over England to offer you the job. And I thought, oh, yeah, right. But that's what happened. <laughs> I'd moved several times. And eventually the guy, just before he's due to start, he said, I'm just not going to leave my university. And then they chased me from several different locations in the UK to offer me the job. So I moved to Dublin. Now I was in Dublin for 16 years and I met a young couple who wanted to be missionaries in Ireland in the church that I was attending. I met them for lunch. Out of the blue, I just felt the Holy Spirit says, you know, Ivan, the next part of your life is teaching people just like this. And so I, I prayed about it with my wife. We had a clear sense of where we were meant to go into uh, in the United States. So it's a town that we couldn't find on the map. It was so small. I mean, I had no earthly reason to go there. And so I know when I left the University of Dublin, people there said, Ivan, this is academic suicide. You will never come back from this. And, you know, I took a significant pay cut. I went and the Lord just kept blessing us. And we just saw just lives of so many young people impacted for Jesus. It's just beautiful. And then another sense of being called to Southern California uh, to a dean's position. I wasn't looking for a dean's position. It just was, again, this burden that that's where I was meant to be. And then the biggest thing is when you're standing on the ocean in Southern California with a gorgeous sunset and the Lord calls you back to this small town surrounded by cornfields saying, this is where you're next going to serve as president. When you're in California, you're looking over the ocean and you're saying, I'm, I want to move away to follow the Lord. You know it's the Lord. You just know it's the Lord because mm. California is just really beautiful. And then even moving back to the United Kingdom would have been the beginning of the pandemic where both myself and my wife just got a sense of our time as university president is over. And we prayed about it. And out of the blue, a couple of intercessors from Dublin contacted us and said, I don't know if this means anything to you, but we believe the Lord is saying you're going to move quickly, pack your bags. Uh, everything's going to happen quickly. You you need to get on to what God is calling you next. And we had no idea what God was calling us. We didn't know which country. We didn't know anything. But there was this sense that God was moving. So I, I resigned. I had a wonderful executive vice president who could take over as leader. And we moved back to uh, to Northern Ireland, where my wife is from, to help care for her mum. And then my wife and I are pastoring in a in a local church. And then the opportunity with Premier came up. And that was even amazing. I mean, I, I applied for Premier and then LinkedIn, which was the module I applied from, said, hey, you've got one contact here. And I looked at it, it was a, a, a young lady, as she was then, who I had mentored and hired in Greenville, who now works as the chief operating officer of Premier. And it's just, again, this sense of the sweetness of following the spirit is beautiful. Fabulous. And it sounds like you would obviously be encouraging everyone who's listening to just be open to that kind of leading, whether they're in a, a business world or a charity world or a church world. I would. And I, I, I would also encourage you, don't do it insensitively. So have people 
around who can also speak. So every time, every one of these big moves I've made, I've shared with other people to say, this is what I think God is doing, but I know I can get it wrong. And I know I can miss here. And I just, would you pray along with me as well? Because I don't want to shitwreck my family or my faith or my business on in recklessness, but I don't want to miss what the Holy Spirit is calling me to do. And, and so I, I would say we, we, you know, the more I've learned to hear the Holy Spirit, but, you know, I'm 99% confident, but 1% can be disastrous. And so I want to have the humility of inviting people to keep speaking into my, into my life too. I think that's really important. So with that one caution, yes, press into the person of the Holy Spirit because he has so much more for all of us. We're all beginners. And that's why I call the book Learning to Minister in the Holy Spirit. All of us from the most anointed to the least anointed who all have a big L plate on because there's so much more to learn. And if we learn together in humility, it is just great. It's good for us and the church. Fabulous. Uh, and how could people get a copy of the book? Oh, in the UK, it's just very easy on Amazon through Eden. It's called Livestream. If you just look for Livestream, Ivan Philby, you would find it. You can get it on Kindle. And I think it's available most places in the world. I mean, I, I've seen it in Australia and Japan and obviously in the States and South America and Spain and Germany. I mean, it's just, it's fun. It's good. Fabulous. Well, that's uh, a good commendation. So thank you, Ivan, so much for all that you shared and for the enthusiasm you bring to walking with God day by day. So thank you. Hey, thanks so much for the opportunity. God bless now. What a joy to chat with Ivan Philby. That's uh, Philby with an F. And his book again is Livestream, colon, Learning to Minister in the Power of the Holy Spirit. I hope you don't suffer from the curse of the so-called sacred-secular divide outlook. And especially if you're in business in some way, I hope you realise your work matters to God and not just the finances it raises for a church or charitable cause. Your work, your home life, your leisure pursuits, as well as your Bible reading, prayer and time in church, are all part of what we offer to the Lord. And as we listen to the Holy Spirit, he will help us navigate whatever we face in whatever arena of life we are involved with. So let's be open to the Spirit's prompting and know that he uses us, even us, to further his work in the world. Indeed, he has no other or better plan. As always, this is Andy Peck thanking you for your company and looking forward to you joining me once again next week. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.